Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. Hello, movie lovers. You're listening to the Does It Hold Up podcast, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to see if they still hold up. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we are going over 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is such a classic. I love this movie so much. It's one of those movies that when people are talking about maybe their favorite movies of all time, this doesn't normally get brought up in conversation. But the minute it's actually said, people are like, oh my god, I love that movie. It's so good. It's so funny because I've had this conversation with people about like, where does it rank in the greatest movies of all time? Doesn't matter genre, doesn't, just where does it rank? And they're always like, "Mm, I don't know, maybe, you know, probably in the top 50 somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then you really start talking about the movie and you're breaking things down and it's like, man, okay. Maybe it moved up top 40, and then you talk a little more. Top 30, talk a little more. Top 20? And it's like, how did we go from top 50 to top 20 in the span of like 15 minutes? Because this movie just gets better the more you talk about it. The problem is it also gets the worse the more you talk about it. Yes. It depends on what part of the movie you're talking about. (laughs) So... (laughs) It flies gonna, real high, but it also soars it, real low. It crashes. It it doesn't even soar low. It burns to the ground certain points in time. So this movie came out in 1971, and it's really hard to find numbers for way back then because people weren't tracking it as much as they are now. You know, it was more or less like, I don't know, did it make money? Okay. So the the best numbers I could come up with for this were it had a budget of about $3 million, Domestically, it took in $3.4 million. So, for as beloved as this movie (laughs) is, crazy it didn't take in a lot. In 1971, it was about the 23rd highest grossing movie, which is weird for only $3.4 million to be the 23rd highest. If you make $3 million now, you're Not even the top 100. Yeah, Yeah, like, it's insane. Adjusted for inflation, it would have been about $22.2 million in 2023, which would have made it the 56th highest grossing movie. And you're going to hate this fact. It would fall $2 million short of the 55th movie, which was Strays. (laughs) That really stupid dog talking movie. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. Right? Like that was a little weird for me to go through all that. When you hear people talk about how much they love this movie, you just assume that, It was a huge box office smash. Which is hilarious because I feel like if you put it out as a re-release today, it would get more than that. Yeah, if they would have put it out for like 40th, 50th, 60th anniversaries, it could probably make that 3 million that it made originally in a weekend. Yeah. Easily. So Roger Ebert actually gave this movie four stars. Which is a bit shocking to me. I expected it to be slightly lower. I'm not mad at it, but... Uh, Given the quote that I'm going to say in just a second, you can kind of see why. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz. It is everything that family movies usually claim to be, but aren't. 
Delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, a genuine work of imagination. Okay, then. He rode high on this movie. It's not surprising. This is definitely one that was right up his alley. This is the kind of stuff he likes. He likes when genres are blended and give you a little bit of everything. He hated when a movie was like, um, I'm an action movie, so you're only going to get action. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, why can't I get a little romance, a little comedy, then the action, and you know what, a little horror, a little... He loved when they blended, and this movie is a complete blend of 17 different things. That's because real life is a blend of many different things. Critics today, the Rotten Tomato critic score have it at a 91%, audience an 87%, but we know those aren't the actual numbers. The critics have it at a 7.9 out of 10 and the audience an 8.4 out of 10. Okay. I mean, so that's fair. Around the same realm, but a, a B, basically. Yeah, solid B. Solid B. I kind of agree with that to a point. <laughs> so the director for this movie was Mel Stewart. This is the biggest movie he's ever directed. Uh, he was mostly a TV guy. He did a lot of like TV movies and stuff like that. Very few actual theatrical movies came out of him. Honestly... Now that you say that it comes from a person who did mostly like TV movies, that makes a lot of sense for the movie because there's definitely parts where it feels like a commercial break should be here. Yeah, they like fade to black and you're like, insert commercial. Yeah. What I found interesting is in 2005, we got the Tim Burton edition mm. of this story. Now, it's not a remake of this one. It's an adaptation of the book. Mm -hmm. People always confuse that. They're like, oh my God, it's such a bad remake. And it's like, it's not. It's just another telling of it. That's why it's actually called Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Just like the book. Yes. But what I found interesting is everybody says that one's more in line with the book. The darker tones, the all that. But Roald Dahl wrote the screenplay for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Really? The man who wrote the book that it's based on also wrote the screenplay for this movie. And yet so many people complain. It's nothing like the book. Dude, the man who wrote the book wrote the movie. <laughs> Whatever changes he made were good. He made them. Yeah. He's, he gave his seal of approval 100% because he penned it. Correct. The funny thing is, he didn't like it. Really? He didn't like this movie. After its release, he was like, I don't really care about this adaptation. I think it's a little all over the map. I don't like the weird friendly attitude that they put on it in certain parts. And he absolutely despised Wilder's performance as Wonka. He's wrong. <laughs> I know he made it, but he's wrong. I don't know if he can be wrong. He can be wrong. He's wrong. Yeah, he didn't. So it's just such a weird thing. Here's some fun stuff. Some more fun stuff that I found about this movie while doing research is so the end scene when Wonka is yelling at Charlie and Grandpa Joe for them cheating, mm -hmm. he, Wilder went very light in rehearsals. He went about 50% of his intensity so he could scare the shit out of them when the cameras were actually rolling so he could get more of a genuine reaction. That sounds legit. Yeah, it sounds like something he would do. He did want to tell Peter Ostrom, who played Charlie, that he was going to do it because... It's a child, and Wilder's not a sociopath. <laughs> so he wanted to tell him, but Mel Stewart was like, no, 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 it'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so they decided to not tell them. So completely genuine reactions. There's actually quite a few, few things that Wilder does in this movie 
where it's complete genuine reactions because either he refused to rehearse that part and I'm putting air quotes on refuse. It was more of a ploy to get that genuine reaction or he went completely different when the camera started rolling so that he could pull these performances out of everybody around him. Too far, maybe. I, I think you should never surprise your co-stars with certain things because it can ruin it just as much as it can help it. I think they need to be in and on, on it at least a little bit. I mean, at least he gave him 50% of his intensity, so they knew he, he was going to yell, but maybe not to that extent. Yeah. But you're still understanding that that's what's happening in the scene. Yeah, it's just a little hard where you're like, where do you draw that line well, of yeah. lying to your co-stars so you can try to get a better performance out of them? Yeah. It's just weird. Wonka's office at the end is cut in half. The whole office is cut in half? Everything what? is cut in half. Even the contract, why he has to keep saying et cetera, et cetera, is because it's cut in half. Yeah. Apparently that was a Mel Stewart thing. The office that was built originally was just a normal office. But Mel Stewart said, we just went through this whole fantasy ride with all these crazy contraptions and rooms and all that. And we're going to end in a boring ass office? No. And they had to redesign everything and cut everything in half. It's almost weird because I I almost would have liked it better with the boring office showing that he put on airs to do this. Yeah, but does that take away a little bit of that character then? Maybe. Because now he's, instead of us wondering what's real and what's not, the whole thing just becomes fake at that point. That's fair. So That's fair. Just interesting. I know you love this scene, the car wash scene. Yeah. So apparently the filmmakers, this again, filming in 1970, they didn't know all the safety regulations that they do now. The foam they were using was the foam from fire extinguishers, <laughs> which is a skin irritant. Yeah. So they covered everybody in it, not knowing at the time that it was a skin irritant. And they had to pause filming for a few days while everybody recovered from puffy, itchy skin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's gotta suck okay maybe i don't want to be on that <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they got better i mean I, I i would assume they have all right let's get into this let's get into this movie okay i'm, I'm gonna be honest up front here gene wilder doesn't show up till the 45 minute mark of this movie and everything that happens before that moment i could give two shits about i don't care I have so many notes from the first half of the movie. <laughs> it is mostly knit, so we can we'll get definitely later. go. We can definitely go through them. But for me, I don't care. I don't connect to Charlie. Even as a kid, I didn't connect to Charlie. The one thing about Charlie that ever got me as a kid, I wanted a golden ticket. Yeah. But then again, four other kids had golden tickets. Five other kids had golden tickets. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't make Charlie special. So I just never connected. I don't like his family. I don't like him having to go to school. I don't like him being a paper boy. I don't like the Candyman song. <gasps> you don't like the Candyman song? I don't. I think it is the biggest waste of three minutes on film. I mean, fair, but, you know, it's the Candyman song. Sure, you can have nostalgic love for it, but it's pointless take in this a movie. sunrise? <laughs> Just give me my candy bar and let me go. That introduces us to one of the creepiest characters in the entire movie. The Candyman? Yeah, he's he's rather creepy. Yeah, just give me my candy bar and let me go. <laughs> so, all right, what do you feel about this first 40 minutes of the movie? Uh, I, I like it, but I understand 
why people don't. Well, why do you, why do you like it though? Well, I like the introduction to all the characters. I like getting to have this world and see the bleakness before we get into the candy factory. Now, what bleakness? It's like a really well lit, brightly colored. I mean, they're having cabbage water. Well, yeah, they're family. Yeah. But like we get introduced to like a rich girl and like. Yeah. And we get to see how terrible they are. So when they get their comeuppance later, I am so happy for it. Yeah, but I can understand that from two minutes after meeting them. I sure. didn't need their entire backstory but to get But you want that. it to be more so that when they get their comeuppance, it feels better. I mean, it doesn't feel great. They're kids. <laughs> Period. But they're terrible kids. <laughs> That's fair. I, I get it because a lot of it, I don't, no one will care about. I like the school only because I like the British teacher. Who's, who was added for the movie? He's not a part of the book. Oh yeah, no, he. But he's top British humor. The science teacher, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you said British teacher, but he's a science teacher. It all goes together. I, I said British because he's British. Yeah, I think I thought you said a class like math or something, <laughs> and then I was like, he's a science teacher, and then I, it took me a second to realize you said British teacher. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so I like aspects of the opening. But that's probably just me. It's just you. And I'm a-okay with that. Listen, is it the worst 40 minutes of film I've ever seen? No. But should it be 45 minutes? No. no. Should it be 10? Yes. Yeah. It you should definitely been, do all that in 10 minutes. Hey, Charlie, you're poor. Here's your cabbage water family. And your your terrible grandparents. And your awful mother. Yeah. Okay. Got that all established. You're a paper boy, so you can make a little money, and it's your birthday. We can establish all that in about two minutes. Do a quick little montage of all these other people finding golden tickets. Augustus Gloop eating chocolate. Well, they're talking about a golden ticket. We already know who he is. Violet, not actually finding the... Not Violet. Uh, no, Veruca. Veruca. Not actually finding the golden ticket. Just a worker in a factory holding it up and her getting excited for it. I know who she is. This all could have been done in five minutes. I could see it being done in five minutes. I would have liked it to be like 20 minutes. 10? I'll give you 10. Okay. I, I, 20 seems too long. What do you? What more do you need? Well, because you have to kind of build up the fervor around this whole I mean, thing of like everyone going nutso for finding Wonka tickets. Yeah, but one line of dialogue of like, Willy Wonka hasn't opened up his factory doors in over 50 years. And now if you find a golden ticket... You're in. I completely understand how crazy this you world would be You just want news, for per, news, news position. position. Yeah. Listen, the fun part of this movie, the only part that matters is once they get on the tour. Whatever gets me there faster. <laughs> like, they could have just had a Star Wars opening crawl and I would have been cool with it. But then you wouldn't get to see the worst that humanity has to offer. I see the kids in the factory. <laughs> I know how terrible they are. I guess you you gotta get you can't get rid of the Slugworth stuff. Yeah. Him talking to each one of the kids. But again, that's something that can happen real quick. I don't know. I don't know. There's just so much in this opening that just drags. Where I'm like, every time I watch this movie, I just want to fast forward. That's fair. I I will I tend to put this movie on in the background nowadays. So when it's on, I'll focus for the parts I want to focus on in the beginning, and then the rest I'm like doing something else. When a year ago, when we do in this pod, we used to talk about 
what was a scene where if you walked in the room, you would sit down and watch the rest of the movie? Yeah. Nothing in this first 45 minutes is going to make me sit down and watch the rest of the movie. Uh, what would get me is the uh, Charlie finding the golden ticket. Well, that's because I'm like a minute away from them going to the factory tour. That's like a good five, ten minutes because we do get the golden ticket song. Oh, God. Yeah. I've got a golden ticket. Nobody cares. Yes. We saw it. We I don't need a song. song. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. I love so many of the songs. All right. So maybe if it was like at the end of that song, I'd be like, all right, I, I know what I'm in for. Let's watch. <laughs> but if he's at school, I'm I'm leaving. I'm not watching it. I'm probably still going to sit and watch it. Oh, no way. I'll c- Text me. <laughs> text me when we get to the tour and I'll come back and watch it. But everything else in the opening, I just don't care. Let's get to the tour. Yeah. Let's get into the part of the movie that actually matters. You know, it's called Willy Wonka. Let's get to the Willy Wonka. So the first thing is all the kids show up and it's huge news outlets. They're all covering it. It's a big deal. First time this man's going to be seen in decades. Why is he a celebrity? Because his candy is amazing. It's candy. All candy's amazing. Yeah, but then there's the whole rumor around it of this man has not been seen in many, many years. No one is ever seen going into or out of this factory. And yet he makes the most delicious candy in the world. Like if Hershey's was like, yo, guys, we're going to open up our factory for five kids. Who cares? That's because millions of people work there. There's no secret. I I don't know. Especially since the world does not know that that candy room exists. Yeah, like, they're making such a big deal. It's just a factory, guys. Yeah, for all you know, it's just a couple of machines plopping out, you know, Hershey's Kisses. Yeah, it's just, like, one guy hitting a button over and over and over again. What is the magic I here? I would still be on for it because of the lifetime supply of chocolate. It's be hilarious rich. because the beginning of this movie, the very beginning, is a whole montage of them making chocolate. And every single time, I will sit through that. I hate the opening crawl of most things, but I will sit through that because it makes me want chocolate. I will not sit through it because it would make me want chocolate. All the kids are there. The news are there. Everything's going. Doors open up. Everybody freaks out. And we get introduced to Wonka. Gene Wilder. Who comes limping out with his little cane and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And as he gets close to him, he falls to the ground. But he does a little tumble and he pops back up and everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's so cool. First of all. Amazing. Amazing. Second of all, you're doing too much. Nah. Doing way too much here. Nah. They don't even know you, man. Gotta have your mystique. Yeah, but they don't know you. You haven't been seen in like 50 years. Nobody knows that you have a limp or don't. or Exactly. Nobody, nobody cares. They care. If you see all the kids when they're looking at him, he's coming out all crotchety. And they're like, oh my god, that's the guy who makes our delicious chocolate. And then he does the whole flip and then everyone's like, yay. Totally worth it. Yeah, they're on camera. Of course they're going to cheer. They weren't cheer. They would have cheered if that was the whole reason. They would have cheered the instant he came out even walking with the limp. It's all a ploy. They were all faking it. They, they were paid actors. They were. <laughs> Wonka well, paid a whole bunch of little kids. Just to show up and cheer. Yeah. yeah. All right. Few few fun little notes here. Gene Wilder only took this role if he could do this pratfall. That was like his one stipulation. I mean, he had few others but this is like the major one he wanted to do this introduction for this character and his reasoning was from that moment on the audience will never know 
if Willy Wonka is telling the truth or lying. That's a really weird stipulation to have. He, uh, he thinks more about what the audience will think than anyone else. Like, even the audience. Because I don't think the audience necessarily put two and two together. I did. Yeah, it's a weird stipulation, but it totally makes sense. And it also shows that Gene Wilder had a complete understanding of this character. He did. He, from Well, the version that one, he wanted to put on. C- the version that apparently Roald Dahl absolutely hated. Yeah. But You're he wrong. knew. He knew. He took this character and he said, I want to start this way because I am Willy Wonka. And he is. He is. And I mean, he will always be. 2005, Johnny Depp plays Willy Wonka. And every single story coming out was, he's no Gene Wilder. Then the movie actually comes out and people are like, it's okay. It makes money because Tim Burton was huge at the time and everybody loved Johnny Depp at the time. So it made money. But even the talk afterwards was like, he's no Gene Wilder. Yeah, that wasn't as good. He was a little too creepy, maybe. Mm -hmm. And now we have a new movie coming out called Wonka, which is a prequel all about him starting the candy factory. And he's played by Timothy Chalamet. And the conversation is, he's no Gene Wilder. He's not even a Johnny Depp. No, it's it's a super weird conversation because people are talking like he's the bastard child of those two, where it's like he's trying to be too playful like Wilder was, but he's also trying to be a little too creepy like Depp was. And he's not finding his own Wonka in it. Mm. And it's just so crazy that, you know, it's 2023. This movie came out in 71. That's 52 years. 52 years later. There's a new Wonka, and everybody's first thought was, he's no Gene Wilder. Yeah. That's... He put his mark. He became Willy Wonka. Even if they make a movie years from now, it's still going to be, is this Gene Wilder? His career is prolific. Been in a ton of good movies. He's been nominated for tons of awards. He is so well-respected. And yet, when you say his name, almost everybody immediately thinks Willy Wonka. True. And the fact that he can really pull off a purple velvet coat oh, and a top hat. Oh, his drip is on point in this movie. We meet Willy Wonka and he's going to bring all the kids in. And they're going to start this tour. Let's talk about these kids. Because we haven't talked about them yet. Mm-hmm. So first up, we have, let's talk Veruca Salt. Okay. Played by Julie Dawn Cole. And she is a bratty little rich girl. Don't care how I want it now. Yeah. Sums up her entire character in that one line. Exactly. Was she good? I think so. Did we like her? She did the brat really well. Yeah, I I think she was probably one of the better actors for the kids in this movie. Mm -hmm. She nailed this character where it's just like, yeah, I don't know who you are in real life, but we probably wouldn't be friends because this seems a little too much like you. (laughs) Which is kind of what you want you want to embody the character next up we have mike tv played by paris themen he he's forgettable yeah almost like a nothingness character until the end when he meets his untimely demise right so veruca works because she is memorable in different moments throughout the movie yeah mike tv's only memorable in the one moment where he gets removed from the tour yeah. When Otherwise, he he's down. kind of not even there. Yeah. 100%. Uh, Augustus Gloop, played by Michael Bolner. He's almost nothingness because he's gone so quickly. Yeah, I could have used more of him. Yeah. Right? I don't there know... should have been a room before 
the room he gets knocked off at. Which we could have done had we not taken 45 minutes to get to the tour. <laughs> Again, it all goes back to shorten the beginning. Yeah, he just seems to come and go so fast where it's just like, what was the point of him? I guess you just needed that first sacrifice. He needed the glutton. To set the stakes? Just weird. Yeah. Then we have Violet Beauregard, played by Denise Nickerson. She good? She was pretty good. She stuck out at least a few moments. She's like, she's gone pretty quick. She's a step right behind Veruca. Like, Veruca stands out among all the kids. Mm -hmm. I would say Violet's probably next. Yeah. I'm not counting Charlie and all this because... He's, he's the main the character. The main character. I'm counting yeah. the side ones. She's probably the step down, but like really close as well because she's memorable. And they, they're memorable together because they're constantly bickering amongst themselves. So they make themselves stand out with that. Yeah, they have their own little side story going in the world of the bigger story, mm -hmm. which none of the boys have. They're kind of just there. Yeah. I like them both. Mm -hmm. I thought they were really good. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of child actors, but they did well. I mean, they... They are trying to portray the extremes of annoying kids. So I could see how they could work easily because it's you're supposed why, to be annoying. Yeah, it's also why they get on my nerves within like two seconds being on screen. <laughs> but they're supposed to. <laughs> I know, but they do it so well that I'm just like, oh God, turn it off. I, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> then we have Charlie, our main guy, yeah. played by Peter Ostrom. And he's our, he's the audience's viewpoint into the movie. Mm -hmm. we're, we're following him. It's his story. Although not really. He just happens to be there. But at the end of the day, it's Wonka's story. Oh, of course. That's why it's called Willy Wonka. Yeah. Because we focus on him more. But Peter Ostrom, interesting, went out on a career high. Because this is the only movie he's ever acted in. In fact, this is the only acting he's ever done, period. He did this one movie. He didn't do TV shows, TV movies. He auditioned for a few like Broadway plays, but was never in anything. This is it. What a resume. Yeah, he was not great in it, though. Does it matter? Does a it matter bit. if he's good? For the rest of his life, he is Charlie from the definitive Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. I mean, that's fair. Nobody will ever take that away from him. That's fair. And you can't even say like, oh, he ruined his career by doing these other movies or something. Because he didn't. He didn't. This is it. He, who, how do you just make that choice? How do you be in this movie and then decide, nah, I'm good. I don't want to act in anything else. Yeah, could have been the time on this set being like, yeah, acting is not for me. So he's a, he became a veterinarian oh. in real life. And he did so after this movie came out. He decided he wanted to be a veterinarian because you're right. He couldn't handle, he didn't like the publicity being in this movie. He didn't like the stress of it all and everything. With the money that he made from this movie, he bought a horse hmm. and learned to ride and take care of the horse, which led him to love animals, which made him become a veterinarian. So even though he didn't become an actor, this movie still shaped the rest of his life. Hey, a good child actor success story. Yep. Those are very rare to find. So, yes, very much so. A uh, cute little thing about him. Him and Gene Wilder got very close while filming this movie. They would have lunch together and then share a candy bar on their way back to set after lunch. <laughs> and when Gene Wilder passed away many years ago, he changed his bio on Twitter, Peter Ostrom, to former child actor, veterinarian, and inher inherited a chocolate factory 
Gene Wilder passed. Aww. He changed it in his body. He bio, finally got the he, chocolate That factory. was the day he inherited it. Because he was still, you know, he well, is Wonka Charlie. Was still around. Yeah. I just think that's, like, so cute. That's one of those stories where you're like, it seems on the surface like kind of a weird thing to do. But there's so much sentimentality behind it that yeah. you're like, damn, that's cute. It is. And I'm sure Wilder was probably like, good job, kid. Nice. Nice. <laughs> all right. So they all have their parents with them as well. Who cares? I understand that they need it because they're kids. They can't go on this tour without their parents. But the parents serve no purpose in this story. Other than to worry about what happens to their kids. I mean, we're worrying as the audience. We don't need you guys to worry also. It would have been a lot cooler in this story if they had to wait outside while the kids went on a tour and then the kids just never came back out. That would be terrifying. Exactly. That would be a horror movie. Exactly. Give me more of that horror edge. Nah, I think having them along really drives home the point that Wonka makes later is like, I couldn't give this to an adult because they'd want to do things their way. You see that throughout with all of the parents being just as bad as their kids, if not worse. Yeah, and getting in Wonka's face about things and yelling at him about things. So, they, they're all fine. Charlie brings along his Grandpa Joe. Mm-hmm. Play, <laughs> played by Jack Albertson, who was fresh off an Oscar win going into this movie. Which okay. is He was the most prolific of the actors at the time. No wonder like awards. Roger Ebert felt the need to comment on him and Gene Wilder, and that was it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's it. He's fine. As Grandpa Joe, I hate the character. He is a horrible human being in many, many different ways. Go ahead. Go ahead. Break break down Grandpa Joe. I mean, the fact, obviously, the fact that he was laying in a bed for 20 years and as soon as Chocolate Factory came into play, he got up and started dancing around. Woohoo. Uh, the fact that he was still using tobacco when the family was... On cabbage water, the fact that he had to wait until his grandkid was spending his money to buy bread and make that look like a feast to stop using tobacco is horrible. Yeah. He promotes stealing yeah. from the kid, not only with the, uh, the fizzy lifting drink, but with the piece of bread. He's like, who cares where he got it? The fact is he got it. Yep. You're promoting stealing. This is a horrible person. He also just faked a disability for 20 years so that he didn't have to work. Yeah. When their family's incredibly poor and him getting even a part-time job to bring in. You could have done something. something. But the minute a chocolate factory is announced, Mucker's doing jumping jacks, dancing. Mm-hmm. No problem. I could understand if like he got out of bed and he was like all crickety and like moves slowly. But this dude's literally jumping around five seconds after finding out he's going to the chocolate factory. Not only that, but he goes on the entire tour and never needs to sit down. Yeah, give him a wheelchair or something. I don't understand what the point of that was. Yeah. Were we supposed to hate Grandpa Joe? Because I do. I do too. I don't think we're supposed to. Because the only saving grace with Grandpa Joe is the fact that he Cares allows Charlie. Charlie to believe. Yeah. He gives him that belief and, and keeps him wanting more and wishing for more. I get sure. Whatever bullshit you want to put on this. Grandpa well, his, Joe sucks. Well, his mom's no better. I mean, she's wanting to crush all of his hopes and dreams. Well, she's a realist. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not like Charlie's six. Charlie's a teenager. Like, come on. He's like 10. Is he? How old is this kid supposed to be? I don't know. I think like 10. 
They, no way. They act way too old to be 10. Yeah, but it was 71. Yeah, but still. 12? Let's give him 12. Okay. Preteen? Sure. Okay, he's a preteen. Crush that motherfucker's dreams of owning a chocolate factory. Never gonna happen. Get your ass back out there and sell some papers. Hey, you never know where the next chocolatier will come from. <sighs> Not there. At least it shouldn't have. All right, so let's go through these kids. So they go into the tour, and first thing, they all have to sign a contract, Mm -hmm. but they're not allowed to read the fine print, or at least they're not going to read the fine print. They go into the next room when they've all agreed to the terms and conditions, and they're in a giant room where everything is edible, and they go to town. They just start eating everything. Yes. Biggest waste of a room ever. Not that the room isn't cool, but that's where you start your tour. I would finish my tour there. Right, like that seems to be way too big to be like, this is the first stop. Because some of the other stuff they do later seems less impressive. Oh, uh, yeah. Just weird. Weird order of this uh tour. Very. Yeah. Yeah. So they go in, and this is where we lose our first kid. Uh, Augustus is drinking from the Chocolate River, and he falls in, and he gets sucked up a pipe. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, t- talk to me about it. I'm sorry, but Mr. Wonka, if you tell everyone that everything in this room, or pretty much everything in this room, is edible, you should probably have a sign where you don't want them to go. Maybe like a rope right, or like something. He's, he's mad that he touched the chocolate river. Oh, human hands should not touch my chocolate river. Maybe you should have warned them about that. Put a rope around it. Exactly. Put a rope. Or have cups so that like they could dip it. What's happening right now? This is all on you, Mr. Wonka. This is not Augustus's fault. No, it's not. But he gets sucked up to a pipe and Wonka's like, oh, what a shame. He's going to the fudge room. All right, moving on to Thor. Oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, complete indifference to this kid getting sucked up in this pipe. Well, he's all pissy because, you know, a human touched his chocolate river. So we move on in the tour. And who's next? It's the inventing room. Violet. Yeah. Is next, right? So, as we move on to the tour... Oh, sorry. Let's back up five seconds. Because we have to have the boat scene. No, this is where we meet the Oompa Loompas. Oh, okay. So, factory is run by Oompa Loompas, who are tiny little men that are orange with green hair. Mm -hmm. And every time a kid goes missing, they come sing a weird-ass song. They're so sassy. They're so sassy. I love them so much. And I'm actually, that's like the one thing I'm excited for in this new version, Wonka, the prequel, is <laughs> Hugh Grant is playing the Oompa Loompas and it's going to be brilliant. My praise that I'm going to give this version that I don't like for any of the other versions we've had so far is that the Oompa Loompas are actually there. They are all real actors and they're all different. They're not just one actor playing multiple roles and not even the right size of an actor. Yeah, in Tim Burton's version, it's one actor that they just duplicated a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And then in the new one, it's Hugh Grant that they're just going to duplicate a whole bunch. So the fact that they had people, like, they got actual people yeah. for these roles. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree because nobody said the Oompa Loompas were mirror images of each other. They were just a different form of being. It makes me think, Are you are you trying to show that... People are racist because they think all this different type of people look exactly the same. Who knows? Who knows? But they come out and they sing a song about Augustus Gloop getting sucked up into the pipe. And then they take the mother away to go get her kid. Mm -hmm. 
And that allows the tour to continue. So they go to the eventing room. And this is where we find out about everlasting gobstoppers. Jawbreakers. What are they? Uh, uh, everlasting gobstoppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And each kid gets one. And then they get shown. And the reason why it's important that each kid get one, gets one is this is what Slugworth, the bad guy, asked these kids for. He was like, when you go there, bring me this. And if you do, I'll give you loads of money. Yeah. It's weird that the rich girl, right? Isn't she the one that crosses her fingers? Mm-hmm. You're already rich. What do you need the money for? I mean, it could be for some other reason he might have offered something else to her. Because right. we don't hear what don't anyone hear else every is time. Yeah. yeah. So right after they get the Gobstoppers, though, Wonka's like, if you try this gum, it's like a full dinner. It's like a three course meal in this one stick of gum. Mm-hmm. You can taste the the salad and then the turkey and then this and then the dessert. And Violet Beauregard is a huge gum chewer. Of it's like her, she is. It's her one character trait. She loves her chewing claim gum. to fame. She has a world record for chewing on a piece of gum for three months. Yes. Yeah. Straight. Gross. Very. So gross. So she puts it in a, even though she was told not to, she was told not to try it, mm-hmm. but she tries it anyway. And it's actually kind of a fun moment where she gets to act. Yeah. Like she gets a moment here to actually act because she has to pretend like she's tasting each one of these different foods with this piece of gum. The first thing is tomato soup and it's hot and it's running down my throat. It's tomato soup. It's hot and creamy. I can actually feel it running down my throat. It's a really cool moment. Yeah. Kind of makes me wish that this gum existed. Yeah. Be real cool. But there's a problem. It wasn't tested yet. It wasn't ready for somebody to try. So she starts turning into... Blueberry. Because it's blueberry pie. And she swells up and she turns all blue. And I love the dad here. When he's like, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. Yeah. Great line. Love it so much. I don't know why he has to say Violet three times in this line. I don't care. That's the only reason I remember her name. Is that line? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Guess what happens next? The Oompa Loompas come out and they sing a song about how she turned into a giant blueberry. And then they roll her away. To squeeze her. Yep. To squeeze the juice out of her. They roll her away after their song. They take the dad. We're down to three kids. Yeah. Tour continues. The next room where we lose Mike TV. No. Right before this. Yeah. We get the fizzy lifting drink. Correct. The room that we should have lost, Charlie. Because his grandfather convinces him to taste some of this fizzy lifting drink that will make you float. But was told, don't take it because it's too strong. And so they do. And they do. And they go and they fly and it's kind of a fun moment. But all the while you're like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yep. And then they have to burp and fart to come back down. To release the fizz, the gas from it. Yeah. It It shows it's a child's movie when you get to this part. It's a moment that exists in the mm-hmm. movie. You're right. They do that. And this is where Charlie should get caught and kicked off the tour. We should get an Oompa Loompa song. But for some reason, we don't. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't get caught. Then we go to the next room. And this is where we see geese who lay golden eggs. So we go to the next room. And this is where we meet all the geese who lay golden eggs. A gold egg for Easter. Yeah. So weird. How big is this factory? Massive. I absolutely love the moment here where Wonka's like, they're laying overtime for Easter. And Mike TV's like, but Easter's over. And Wonka covers his mouth. He's like, they don't know that. I'm trying to get ahead for next year. 
overworking your employees by lying to them. Also, wouldn't those chocolate eggs potentially be bad by next year? Nah, chocolate lasts. Chocolate lasts quite a while. That's fair. So we go in, and obviously, the little bratty girl. She wants a goose. She wants a goose who lays golden eggs. Duh. Because she loves gold. Because she's rich. Because all these characters have one character trait. (laughs) So she wants a goose. And Wonka's like, don't go down there. Don't go by them. They don't like it. She doesn't listen. She goes down there anyway. She performs a whole song. Whole song and dance. About everything she wants. Yeah. She wants everything. This is the part that kind of makes me chuckle learning behind the scenes facts about this. Because the the woman who plays Veruca Salt, she can actually sing. And she performed the song mm-hmm. while doing it. They didn't use her voice for this. They wow. they dubbed her over. You can definitely tell during some bits of it that it just doesn't match. And she was so mad about it. She's like, I wanted my voice to be in this movie. I don't know why you changed it. Whereas they told the kid, Charlie, the kid who played Charlie, that they were going to dub his voice over. But then they left his voice in. And he's not a singer. Really? <laughs> yeah. It that's, was like a whole ordeal. That I didn't, they I didn't left. find that in my research anywhere. That's hilarious. I found this one watching the behind the scenes. Nice. <laughs> that's so weird. She has this song. It's a bad song. I love it so much. Like, of course you do. Of course you do. I'm, I'm all in on this song. So she sings about how she wants the entire world. Yep. And is messing with these geese. And she sits on a platform, and the platform is to tell them about them if it was a good egg or a bad egg. Mm-hmm. Well, she's a little bratty bitch. So guess what happens? She's a bad egg. She's a bad egg. And she gets dropped through this thing. And Wonka... I, sometimes I confuse this movie with the Tim Burton remake. Mm-hmm. So in this one, sent to the furnace? Yeah. That's where the bad eggs go. They get sent to the furnace to burn up. Uh-huh. Okay. Making sure I didn't remember that from the Tim Burton version. And the dad freaks out, and guess what happens? The Oompa Loompas show up, and they sing another song about well, how she sucks. The dad jumps in after her. Yeah, and it's just like, all right, there's another kid. That's three kids down. But luckily, they light the furnace every other day, so there's a good chance that they're okay. There's no good chance. They are, <laughs> they are dead. So we're down with three kids. There's only two left. Mike TV and Charlie. Mm-hmm. We go to the next part of the tour, and the next part of the tour is... A TV room. Of course it is. It's almost like Wonka knew every kid that was coming. Like it was planned somehow. I think it is. We'll get into it. We're gonna... I got a couple questions for that later. So they go to this thing, and the whole idea is that Wonka's invented technology where he can transport chocolate bars through TV. So he can shrink a chocolate bar down, send it over airwaves, and it'll show up in your TV and you can just grab it and eat it. Teleportation. But a miniaturized. Yeah. Well, who's super into that? Mike TV, because he loves TV, and he wants to be in TV. TV, 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 TV. Can we say TV enough in this scene? I don't know. So annoying. I was really surprised. This is the first time I noticed. When he signs his name at the beginning, he literally puts T dot V. Even though that's not the way his name's spelled? Yeah. So he wants to be a part of it, and Wonka's like, no, don't. I'm telling you. Come back. Stop. Please don't. He's been doing this throughout the entire thing. Whenever some kid doesn't listen to him, he's such an apathetic person when it comes to that. Like, ugh, stop, don't, come back. Because he doesn't actually care. Yeah. So Mike jumps into this whole transporter thing, gets shrunk down, 
put into the airwaves, and transported across the room. Look at me! I'm gonna be the first person in the world to be sent by television! Hey! Get away from that thing! Stop! Don't! Come back! It, everything works just fine. He got pieced back together. He's just now the size of... Your hand? Your hand. Little mini Mike. But luckily, small kids are springy. Yeah, so they're going to go stretch him. On the taffy puller. Yeah. And guess what happens again? Oompa Loompas! They return with another song for this exact moment. Feels like they planned it. Yay. And they escort them away. All that's left now is Charlie. <laughs> and Wonka's like, tour's over. Everybody go away. And Grandpa Joe's like, but what about Charlie? He's the last one. And this is where we get the scene. Wonka explodes on them. And he's like, you cheated. You drank it and you shouldn't have. And you ruined it and all this stuff. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Great performance here. Oh, yeah. This is where Wilder got to shine. Like, he's good throughout the rest of the movie. But this is the moment why you got Wilder for the role. Especially because every other time that a kid messed up, he was just so apathetic. And then he has this moment where it's like, I was rooting for you. Mm -hmm. I was expecting you to be the one to go through and, and do it all. I'm pissed that you didn't listen. Yep. So it's just such a great moment. And Charlie goes, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. I, I jacked up. I messed up. My bad. And he puts the gobstopper down and he's like, yeah, but I didn't want this. You know, like I, mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't do it maliciously. You know, yeah. basically what he's saying. And Walker's like, oh, I forgive you. Let's be best friends. You passed my test. It's like, but because Slugworth wasn't actually Slugworth. But you still fucking cheated. Yeah, but, you know, that's the input of his grandfather it doesn't matter you still cheated veruca's not actually a little brat her dad's rich which turned her into that you can say all these kids are because of the parents sure so giving charlie a pass makes no freaking sense mostly because they didn't get the chance to give back the gobstopper right they all uh. got wheeled off by the oompa loompas for failing but it could also failed. be that they couldn't physically continue the tour i mean mike could have finished he's just tiny now there's no He's reason he couldn't now. have finished. They needed to fix that ASAP. There's no... Come on. You couldn't have opened up the pipe and got Augustus Gloop and he could have joined the tour in the next room? They All these kids could have come back. All of them. <laughs> but for some reason, Charlie's special. He is. He's the actual person that they wanted to get this thing to. So, Wonka's like, you, you, you succeeded. Slugworth was a plant to find out who was worthy or not. And like you said earlier... He couldn't give it to an adult because they would change the way things were done. He needed to give it to a kid so that everything would stay the same. So Charlie's the winner. He's going to win not just a lifetime supply of chocolate. He's going to get the factory. Yep. And, and that's it. That's that's the end of the movie. Yeah, they're in the... The Wonkavator. The Wonkavator. And they're flying above the world because, you know, reasons. This The end of this movie pisses me off so much. It just ends. It, no, just... Yes, it just ends. But the whole thing of just... Charlie cheated and somehow still gets it. And we're supposed to be on Charlie's side, but how can we be? Yes, the other kids were terrible and Charlie's not as bad as them, but he still did everything wrong. That's kind of why I like the Charlie from the newer version. Better. Yeah, the Tim Burton version. Because he he doesn't do anything wrong. 
uh, he's literally there and has the same kind of imagination that Wonka does. So that pairing almost seems better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100% the Burton-Charlie-Wonka relationship is better than this one. So. Because throughout that entire tour in the 05 version, he's like saying things. Oh, so that makes sense. That's how you get the chocolate to do this by doing this weird thing. Because you're whipping the cream. So he's showing that he gets it. This Charlie never has moments where you're like, he understands. Other than at one point, Veruca calls Wonka like crazy or something. And Charlie says, is that a bad thing? That's like the one moment you get in this where he might understand Wonka. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, you have a terrible family. You're not a great person. You're you're nice, but like, you're not honest at all. Mm-hmm. Somehow you still win because Wonka... Okay, let's just, let's just go into other things. I'm going to lose my mind if we keep going over this. <laughs> let's go into nits. Okay. Go ahead. Having to remind your employer that it's payday. Oh, yeah. He has to remind the paper guy that it's his payday. Well, maybe if he did a better job of selling papers, he wouldn't have to worry about asking for his pay. My next note is Charlie throwing papers in annoying places. Yeah. He's okay. not a great paper boy. He is not. Um, who needs an education when you can have chocolate? They decide <laughs> to uh, quit class because this chocolate thing came about. Yeah. Well, I mean, Charlie doesn't even like, are we just to assume that Charlie went back to a normal life? after all this, got his education and then took over the factory? Or is his education now chocolate? His education is just He'll chocolate. never know anything else. Yep. Just chocolate. Okay. Yeah. Except how to make wart remover, apparently. Yeah. There was so much wasted chocolate in this movie. Yeah. So much wasted chocolate. I mean, Veruca alone. That's exactly where yeah. I got that nit from because I just, it was hurting my chocolate loving soul. I know, but it's just a commentary on the fact that rich people waste shit all the time. True. Think of the logistics of having the fake Slugworth at every kid's place when they get the golden ticket. All five tickets go to the kids. That's the not imagination. True. That's not true. They That's all not true go at all. To the kids. That's not true at all. It's not true at all. One of my nits is four of the five kids find their golden tickets. Veruca does not find her ticket. It does not go to her. She does not find it. It eventually makes its way to her. I mean, but she's the only one who didn't people. found find it herself. Fine. They were being paid. That the woman golden, is being paid the golden, to find the golden ticket. The golden ticket her. went to an adult who then passed it to a kid. I mean, that wasn't even related to her in any way. Yeah. She could have pocketed it. In fact, she tries to in the other version. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They don't all go to kids. The realization that the grandmothers could probably knit scarves for extra money, but they just don't. Charlie finds money and immediately buys candy. Facts. Same. I'm 37. I find money. I buy candy. Yeah, but when your family is starving? I'm poor. I buy candy. Move on. You're not drinking cabbage water all the time. Thankfully, the only poor person that goes on this tour was within walking distance. Yeah, he's the only one that lives like a block away. Everybody else is from like other countries. Yeah, and could fly there. Yeah. Right, what does this golden ticket get you? Did just just Wonka pay for them to get there or is it just to walk in the door? Yeah. Once again, logistics. Where's the fine print on this? I need to see this. (laughs) The kids are all all awful. Not a single person in this movie is worth connecting to. Yeah. It doesn't ruin the movie per se, but when you can't find somebody that you actually give a shit about, why even watch the movie? Wonka's a creep. Yeah. And then there's a line of dialogue where we find out that Willy Wonka is paying these Oompa Loompas in cocoa beans. First of all, you're lying to the geese about what time of the year it is to get them to work harder. 
you're paying these employees in cocoa beans. You are the worst boss ever. Like, how did the Oompa Loompas not shove you into the Chocolate River at some point? I mean, they're also getting room and board in a safe place away from the vermicious canids. Safe? They don't did you fall see into, all the hazards happening? They don't fall in the Chocolate River. Not that you know of. It's fair. They, uh, it is alluded to that others have been turned into blueberries. Mm-hmm. He's a terrible boss. Top fair. to bottom. That's fair. Questions? Yeah. All right. I mean, Grandpa Joe's been lying this entire time, right? Yeah. Like, he could have worked. He's just a terrible person. Yeah. Okay. Here's the biggest thing. Why does Charlie get the factory? So the whole contest was for a lifetime supply of chocolate. Nowhere in there did it say anything about getting the factory. So why does Charlie get the factory? Well, I mean, Waka explains it. He's like, I need a heir, basically. I don't want to try and live forever. Is Wonka dying? Nah. Then why does he need to give Charlie the factory? Charlie cheated. Dude, just wait 10 years, run the contest again, and see if you can actually find a kid who's worthy of the factory. I mean, if his whole entire diet is candy, yes, he's probably dying. (laughs) It's not not just candy, though. He invented a gum that's like an entire meal. But it isn't an entire meal. But he is. Magic. (laughs) I just don't understand it. it. So why is he giving up the factory? Like, there's no point. None of these kids succeeded. Give it to somebody else later. You're not dying tomorrow. Yeah. Charlie's family definitely becomes dicks after becoming rich, right? Mm, uh, yeah. Like, they become Veruca. <laughs> Every single one of them becomes Veruca Salt after becoming rich and getting this factory. I don't know if Charlie will, but everyone else in his family oh, definitely will. I got a question for Charlie coming up. Hold on. Yeah, but the mom definitely takes advantage of being rich. Oh, every one of the grandparents. Guaranteed. Don't care how. I want it now. Grandpa Joe becomes worse. Yeah. Giving Charlie the factory, terrible idea. (laughs) Terrible idea. Charlie becomes worse than Wonka, right? Yeah. I I could see him way more psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he takes it to a whole other level and probably gets the whole factory shut down. He really, really enjoyed watching kids suffer, so. Didn't even bat an eye. No. Not one time. Who was the creepy weapons guy who was warning Charlie about the factory? Also, why? Uh, That's some random guy pulling a cart full of, like, machetes. Because it's the first half of the movie and nobody watches it anyway. (laughs) How did Grandpa Joe get the second chocolate bar? Stole it. We already talked about how he- Yeah, but how? He's laying in bed. Because he's a liar. He (laughs) snuck out at, like, 1 (laughs) a.m., put his shoes on, danced his happy ass out the door- stole candy, came back, got in bed, continued his lie, and gave him the chocolate bar. (laughs) Screw you, Grandpa Joe. Uh, What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? Uh, I'd say a golden ticket, but I feel like they've made a whole bunch of those since this movie came out, so... Yeah, but it's not the one from the movie, so that don't count. That's fair. I'm I'm gonna go with Wonka's top hat. Alright, it's just the top hat. Yeah, but it's Wonka's top hat. Eh. I want his cane. What's your favorite song in the movie? Ooh, um, probably the... Pure Imagination? Pure Imagination. Yeah. Yeah. We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation I like the I like the Oompa Loompa song when Veruca 
gets taken when she falls down the thing. Okay. I think it's hilarious. Oompa, loompa, doompa dee doo. I've got another puzzle for you. Oompa, loompa, doompa dee dee. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. Who do you fight when your kid is up? Rat pampered and spoiled like a Siamese. Cat blaming the kids is a lie and a shame. You know exactly who's to blame. The mother and the father. What's your favorite part of the tour? Uh, the inventing room. Okay. I, th- I think it has so many fun puns in it that yeah. it would just make me chuckle. That's like fair. him showing, th- throwing the shoes in there because it needs a little kick. Yeah. Uh, love it. So funny. My favorite part of the tour is the beginning with the hallway that goes to the tiny door and then they <laughs> open it and it's really a big door that they can all walk through. It just sets up what's to come so perfectly and it's so magnificently done so well shot so well framed gene wilder's amazing in this moment and it blows your little mind and it definitely shows the whole idea of i couldn't give this to an adult because all the adults are freaking out the kids are like okay we know the movie is a classic that people love and it's gotten a remake but does it need a mini series i could see it be a mini series like the first episode is them all getting the tickets second episode's the first kid that goes away so on and so forth so basically, I can skip the first three episodes, because that's the first half of the movie. Just jump in on episode four when they get to the tour? No, the tour starts second episode. Oh, cool. I'm good then. Yeah. Let's go to our awards. Yeah. So we're switching up the order a little bit, because I don't want to do the psycho shower scene first anymore. I don't want to give away what our favorite thing was that fast. So let's start with the Jimmy Dugan Award. Oh, boy, that was some good pain. For a moment in the movie where you can take a piss break. It's clearly the mother's song. I... For watching this movie for this pod, I literally got up and had to do something because this part of the movie just drags. It takes away the life of the movie for like three minutes and it's terrible. Yeah, I feel that way about uh, the entire first half of the movie. That's my piss break award. That's the a first, long piss break. I will I will find a way to piss for 40 minutes straight if it means I don't have to sit through the first half of this movie. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I will drink all of the fizzy drink. I I just can't deal with it. I can't. I hate the first half of this movie. It's fair. Next up is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act. The part we call the Prestige. For the biggest WTF moment in the movie, and it's, come on, it's right after they drink the fizzy drink. How they have to get down. The farting and the burping and the... It would have been funny if it was like 10 seconds, but it's like five minutes. And it just pisses me off that they're cheating and not getting caught. And then the whole end of the movie gets ruined because of this one moment. It's (laughs) the worst moment in this whole movie is right here. And I just don't understand why they had to go so childish with the burping and the farting. Because it's a kid's movie. It's whatever. I don't even think they actually fart. I think it's just burping. It's just burping. But I, I think it's alluded to that obviously gas escapes in other ways. My prestige award goes to the boat ride. I think they just go a little too hard with seeing a chicken's head cut off and these creepy crawlies. It goes way too hard. Next up is the psycho shower scene for your favorite scene in the movie. And I'm going to actually start this one because it goes right off of yours. (laughs) It's the boat ride. The boat ride is my favorite scene in this entire freaking movie because it is so out of place 
and yet makes perfect sense for what's been established in this world. And it's gorgeous to look at. And Gene Wilder's rendition of the poem slash song is so perfect. I love this moment. While he is perfect in it, you have to be a psycho to love this scene. Fair. (laughs) My psycho shower scene goes to the entire candy room with the chocolate waterfall. I want to live there because it's just that is the pure imagination. You want to get sucked up into a pipe? Sure. If it means I'm surrounded by chocolate. All right. Fair. Next is the I'll Be Right Back Award. I'll be right back. For your favorite line in the movie. Mine is a Wonka quote right after Charlie puts down the gobstopper. So shines a good deed in a weary world. Charlie. It's too poetic. Yeah, but Wonka is kind of that way. It's it's such a good line. It just seems a little out of place. He... It's just so, like, sincere in that moment. And one of the few times we get a sincere moment from Wonka that it's always stuck with me. My award goes to a little exchange between Mr. Salt and Willy Wonka. What is this, Wonka? Some kind of fun house? Why, having fun? It's like, there's such a weird malice underneath mm-hmm. the way Wonka responds in this moment uh, with, are we? are you having fun? I don't know. He is the level of sass I dream to be. Yeah. It's just such a weird moment, and I absolutely love it. Next up is the Han Shot First Award. Now, Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. This is for the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out. It's the pacing. The pacing in this movie is absolutely trash. Like I've said a thousand times, and I'll say a thousand more times, I hate the first half of the movie. But then the second half of the movie, I feel it's very rushed. They just kind of move from moment to moment to moment, and there's no real through line, no connection between these things. The pacing's terrible. I agree with you, although I'm giving mine to lack of safety measures. <laughs> and our last award, as always, is the Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd, and I adapt. This is for what you think held up the best since the movie came out. We're going to have the same answer. Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. 100%. It's the most memorable thing from this movie. It's the only reason this movie could work on any single level Mm -hmm. at all. If it was anybody else, this movie is a complete bummer and doesn't work. Decision time. Yeah. I still have so much enjoyment watching this movie, not even from a nostalgia standpoint. I just get involved in the story every time I watch it. It holds up for me. Is there a lot of stuff that isn't great? Sure. But I think people watching it now will still get enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um... It's hard for me because it's this tale of two movies. The first half holds up not at all. The second half holds up, but I don't think it holds up as much as I remember it holding up. I think the acting's a little wonky at times. Uh, No pun intended. Um, It's a little wonky at times. I don't like any of the characters. I remember liking Charlie a lot when I originally watched this movie and, and feeling like I wanted to be him, but he's not a good person. Nobody in this matters. The ending comes out of the blue and makes no sense whatsoever. I think all the magical stuff is the only good parts of this movie. And that's the stuff we all remember making us think it's a good movie. But for my money, it doesn't hold up. Okay. I'm not a fan of the Tim Burton version, but I think I'd rather watch that one. Wow. Okay. We just need to put Gene Wilder in that version and we're good. Golden. Okay. 
That's it for us this week. Thanks for joining us as we talked about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We'll be back again next week with another great movie to see if it still holds up. Until then, be good to yourself, be kind to others, and keep watching movies. Bye.